0: George again. Are you done yet? Here it is. its off Russo round one. They're on the same side? All titles will be stripped tonight. It'll be a brand new playing field. You want to get this belt? Bring your the little ass over here and take it. Okay, see you on the 16th. Spring Stampede. Another announcement was made by Eric Bischoff. Four men are going to compete in a mini-tournament to determine who will face the chosen one, Jeff Jarrett, this Sunday at Spring Stampede for the now-vacated WCW World Heavyweight title. Diamond Cutter was Bob Bangwell that turned the tide. Sting and Sid, say, uh, this time you're doing the end around on me. Hulk Hogan, I'm calling your ass out. Kidman is fighting for his pride on pure adrenaline. Look, it's picked up. Oh my God, he hit Hogan. Bitch, I just waffled Hogan with a chair. Have you yeah, seen Hogan. this? If you can defeat Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one he oh, yeah. likes to call himself, you'll get that shot in place get the referee has gone down, it's hammering hitting. No on <laughs> a second! J.A. Douglas! J.A. Douglas! Where did he come from? Rick Flair, you are a piece of sh- on the bottom of my shoe! I'm gonna scrape off that sh- and flush your ass down the toilet personally! What the hell happened to that sweet little wrestling show we were doing every Monday? That is Mike Awesome! Belly, what's he doing here? Mike Awesome just wiped out Kevin Nash! hogan in his limousine what <laughs> the white homer i should have known we're going to find out now if it'll be sting or gallus page to meet jeff Jarrett for the main to wcw world title this sunday at spring stampede van hits the nail in the coffin on sting the world has gone upside down diamond cutter on sting who's already down one two three jared's in the ring oh my oh! god New blood wreaking havoc somewhere. Russo and Bischoff are burning like a Ketchup cat. Oh my God, it's Bret Hart! (laughs) Earlier today, here at Thunder at Colorado Springs World Arena, arriving in their court, 9-11. Why you that guy, man? Great idea. Great idea.
1: Spotlight, presented by Hami Media and the Pro Wrestling Reflection, where we discuss the very best of the best in pro wrestling
0: history. And what you gonna do when media and the largest arms in the world revolve on you? The two
2: soundest wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation, maybe in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, are
0: right here, right now. Mr. Perfect and the exclusive execution, the Hitman. WrestleMania weekend isn't complete without the Heartbreak Kid, and he is on his way. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. They think they got the answers. I change the question. You will rest in peace. Get used to it. In Ric Flair, who you're looking at, the man. WrestleMania.
1: Knights, what is going on there? The Haminites, the PwC knights, the Big Vitoites, every ice. Left, right, damn, repub, Israel, uh, Ukraine, Russian, Chinese, all the ice in the world, all the ice on Earth, all the ice in Mars, all the ice in Uranus, all the ice in TW's anus. It don't matter, there's all the ice out there, but neither here nor there. It is another episodic episode of the PWR podcast here at the PWS so right, Yes, Alexa. Thank you very much. That is my co-host Alexa. Is it Alexa or Siri? Does Siri just talk? Yes. The it, Siri's Siri. a reflectionite. You know that, right? She's the she's a she's an AI Reflectionite, you know, guys, you know, for the <laughs> Magnificent. See, now it's not even the Magnificent 7, it's the Magnificent 7 Plus. One, and that's Siri. Well, Good. Gonna make it plus two because I gotta add Alexa to the to the mix, and maybe plus three with Jinxie. I don't know, but we're gonna add some more AI people. We're gonna add the robots. We're gonna add the future. It's gonna be the Terminator. We're gonna be saved because we're on the list. Because the robots are not gonna kill us. But neither here nor there because now I'm going on the diatribe. But welcome <laughs> to the PWR podcast here yeah, at the PWS networks at podbeam.com. and if this gets uploaded on the YouTube's by A Track Brown, the dirtiest of the City. It's on the PWSO Networks on YouTube. But before we all do that, and before we even talk about the shows, I must introduce myself because I am vain like that. I am the scholarly one. I am the magnanimous one. I am the stupendous one. But most importantly, I am the glorious one. The only objective man in the IWC, YWC. The only objective man in this podcast tree. The only objective man in this political landscape that we call, well, fuck the, fuck the parties, but I'm very independent. But I am the professor, John Beva Cruz, and I'm not here alone. I am here with my brother from another mother. He says he's as independent as me, but he is the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, Mr. Dum Dum Doing in its own, the iron stomach one. Dr. Freaking Stein himself, Mr. Wonderful Tommy Strong, a.k.a.
2: The Tommy Wonder. How are you doing, my friend? I can stand up. I'm doing okay, but I do have one bone to pick. With the IWC, YWC. I- I'm getting to you, the point where i pick it. the wait. You pick the
1: bones of the IWC every week, so there's nothing new here. Oh, but I
0: got a current
1: one. Oh, okay.
0: Make
2: sure. Because hopefully some of these morons Who are going to attack me for attacking them Well, I didn't attack them I just pointed out how dumb they are But I want you to look at my hat Mm Mhm. Bebe Adam Cole Bebe, yes Who is my current favorite wrestler In the professional wrestling business Right now today, professor That would be Adam Cole That would be Adam Cole That would be this guy Bebe, and you know who this guy's cool with?
1: Who is he cool with?
2: This guy! Because he fucking understands that he was giving him advice, not Mm -hmm. shitting on him. And people like Hangman Page, good lord, to think that that guy was my favorite guy in AEW, the guy that I thought had potential, the guy that I thought would be a star in the WWE, who fucking knew what a pandering piece of shit he was? And you know who I blame? CM Punk. Because his tweet shitting on Booker T was straight out of the page. CM Punk's tweet shitting on Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff. And I see everybody on the IWC, YWC, fucking NBC, MSNBC, lumping the three of them together. And I'm going to tell you something. Booker T, Bischoff, and Cornette are not the same. Okay? No, they're not. Booker T gives people advice. Booker T says something the headline is made out like he did something else and these ass clowns read the headline and immediately attack if that's they the actually generation read the stupid article if they listened to what he said he was concerned about his friend who's hurt who was never hurt in NXT but now he's over in AEW doing the monkey flips on a lesser schedule and he's hurt bad right His whole point was, if you build the muscle up around his body, he's not going to get hurt as easy. He didn't say he needs to be jacked like Hogan. He just said put a little muscle on him to protect him so he can have a longer career. But you wouldn't know that because the headline says, Booker T body shames Adam Cole. And God bless Booker T, who shouldn't have done it. But God bless him for taking the high road and saying, listen, motherfucker, that ain't what the fuck I said. And it's not what I meant. I said it. Because I, he's my friend And they've been friends for years So mm-hmm. why would he all of a sudden just shit on him Then you have the usual suspect. He doesn't criticize WWE young people First of all, Adam Cole ain't young Second of all, he does criticize WWE people But you assholes don't defend them You only defend it if it's somebody from AEW And at the end of the day Would anyone be mad at Adam Cole, putting on a little bit of weight to protect himself since he's now in spot botchamania EW? There's a whole thing dedicated to AEW botches, right? And to me, Adam Cole's still the best in business. He is, but he is hurt. And next Wednesday, when I go to see them in Detroit, he might not be there, and he's the reason I'm going, right? But my point is, all these fuckers that just immediately read anything in a headline and lose their shit could do them all a favor if they just read the article. Most of these hack supposed journalist news sites exp- and this is with politics too. Most of them expose the headline one or two sentences in when the sentences contradict the headline.
1: And the con- I, yes, the context doesn't match the, the, the headline story. itself, the story yeah. itself. So yeah.
2: and I it's, get you. It's, it's, I I totally crazy get to you. me. And the only reason, the only reason I found out Was when I woke up this morning, you or somebody put a meme on on the profile page, the the hustle page, that said, "Honey, wake up." Adam Page tweeted again, and I'm like, "Well, what's that mean?" And then I went and read it, and then I read his other shit. He is a pandering bitch, and I I I am thoroughly, thoroughly off the Hangman Page Express.
1: No, 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 no. No. I, I, you will stay on it. I will make sure you stay on it. You know why you stay on it, T T W. The reason that you stay on is Adam Page is 24 years old. He's a man that's maturing. He's going to learn from he, things. He ain't showing it. Every, I'm not going to say he's, I'm not going to use that he's a kid attitude, but his mind is still developing. Even in your 20s, you're still developing. And you got to admit, TW, that the TW of the 20s, if he talks with the TW of the 40s, the TW of the 40s would slap the shit out of the TW from the 20s because you want to help, you want to inspire, you want him to grow, you want him to not make the same mistakes, or you want him to have a different point of view of things. That's what it is, T.W. You're looking at it from a different, but you're looking at it from a lens like yourself. You're looking at it from that different lens. Everybody panders.
2: Everybody panders. It's so, so disappointing, man. It is, this someone should sit him aside and say, listen, you are alienating half your audience with the shit that you are doing right no, now. No, no, I'm not denying all that. All these guys talk shit, forgetting that one day they, too, will be old. The the, story, the, the show we're covering today, I'm not going to give it away. There's a guy who's very well-respected. I'm glad he's back with the WWE. I'm hoping I can get a couple action figures of him, because I've always been a fan of him. But this man says to me, Gene Locherlin, you shut up or I'm going to knock the liver spots off you. Yeah. And I thought, Ouch. Because A, I got a couple liver spots coming in in my forties, and they're not cool. B, mm-hmm. when he said it, I'm sure he didn't realize that someday he was going to grow old. If he was lucky, and by the way, gathered yeah, some liver spots along the way. Now, did I laugh at it? I did because it was it was shocking, right? Mm-hmm. It, but still, ouch, right? It, it, that's it like is. that's like ripping on someone having a varicose vein. I won't do it. I rip on people for lots of shit to be funny, like mm-hmm. fr- friends, with friends. I ain't mm-hmm. ripping on nobody for having varicose veins or motherfucking liver spots because mm-hmm. that shit's for life. And and I know from the little shit I got going, I got one on my fucking hand. The only saving grace is it reminds me of my mom. My mom. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Show that again. Show
1: that again. Oh, no, that's monkey pox, man. That's
2: monkey pox right there. Oh, well, it could be. Monkey Jesus pox, Christ. But, but I've had check. it for, for, for my 40s. But the point oh. is. I just, I agree with you. You know what? You've calmed me down. I'm not off the damn Adam Page. Uh, no, be, because and here's I, why. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Hey, I give you credit for calming me down, and remember this. But I am a man who is historically separating the art from the artist. I am going to cheer for Adam Hangman Page, whatever the fuck his real name is in real life. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. Fuck that hey, guy. But the character just... Adam Page, I'm on board. That, and that, that, that's a start. Here's the other thing he did. Like, just little shit that you're not going to notice until he already pisses you off with other shit, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is, and I'm, I'm happy to say to you, the responses to him on Twitter were not all blowing smoke up his ass. There were people coming to him, calling him the task, saying, hey, dude, why don't you respect the guy who's fucking, you know, he didn't say Booker T by name, but we all knew what he was talking about. Um, but here's mm-hmm. the thing. There was a little ad for his shirt, and you know what his shirt said?
1: Uh, I remember no, he has a lot of pro-choice no shirts hat. or something.
2: Someone should have chose the other way with him. No, that was mean. I, I retract that from the record. Anyways, is this, this thing on? Yeah, it caught me. Oh well, I didn't mean that one. But but when it gets taken out of context, <laughs> they will they will forget all the parts the, I said. I didn't. The twelve will forgive
1: to... you. The twelve. So the twelve is
2: family. Don't worry. But it said no hat, no cowbell, just cowboy shit. So that right there is taking shots. At the Stan Hansen's, after Justin Hawk Bradshaw's, uh, Wyndham's Mulligans, Barry Wyndham's and Mulligans at war. How about this? It might be cowboy shit, but it ain't wrestling cowboy shit because wrestling cowboys have hats and fuck cowbells. By the way, I've seen that motherfucker with a hat before. So where did that come from out of nowhere?
1: I I don't know, but but, well, but it's we, gay pride dude, we are we are veering, we're veering, not veering Mahan, but we're veering to to this day boardroom shit that you like to do because this, this is boring. I know, but you know what? It's funny because you're talking about a topic of today, but there's also a topic of today, but it also coincides with the episode that we're going to be trying to talk about here as best as we can. And for the PWR podcast purposes, for the Magnificent 70, Elite 8, the 99, and all those uh, bots that we have, the AI people, we are going to talk about an episodic episode. We are going to talk about WCW, World Championship Wrestling. From April of 2000. Now, the show that I had TW focus on was WCW Thunder from the week of April of 2000. Now, it's not really the show that we're trying to talk about here, Reflection. So bear with us because we're going to try to condense the week that was, that April. But Thunder was just one of the shows that we were just kind of like uh, examining. But TW, you saw the the highlights before that that. It was a new era. It was a new era for WCW because in April, I believe the date was April 10, 2000. Oh. Went on 12. No, no, not the, not the, not oh. that show. I'm talking about the the Nitro that changed everything. The landscape of wrestling changed, where Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff, on TV purposes, were booking the shows. They had total control. They had 50 50 creative control, and it, it would steer the careers of everybody from Diamond Dallas Page to Sean Stasiak and all that, all points in between. But I picked this episode of Reflection Nights because, T.W., I want to get you. You was already on a diatribe with Adam Page, but now we, got, we could go on a diatribe today because what is happening in 2020, Deuce? The corporations, the stockholders, you know, all those people are now, and they're close. I'm going to put in air quotes. They might be close to taking Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. Off of his post as the CEO of the WWE. Just like in 2000, where AOL Time Warner just did not want WCW on their TVs. They didn't care for WCW. Now the board of directors in 2020, Deuce, are trying to take out Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So, T.W., you know, I want to ask you this question. You know, as a wrestler... You've worked in the mom and pop type of, you know, organizations from Border City Wrestling to Great Lakes Wrestling and all that stuff, where the promoter had hundred percent power, you know, all that stuff. He had he or she had the money, he or she had the finances to book the debt (laughs) and the debt, whatever the case may be. But WCW in two thousand was, you know. They had the reason technically was corporate. They were corporate before WWE was corporate. WWE became officially corporate in 2000, a little bit of 2001, when they were a publicly traded company on Wall Street. Now, fast forward 22 years later, TW, now all the the shits hit the fan with WWE. After all the years of stock, you know, SEC trials, you know, stockholders uh, suing the WWE and all this stuff, TW, what say you about? The the merger, if you will, of corporations and professional wrestling. To me, never mix. You shouldn't mix.
2: It's strange, bet Fellows, in my humble opinion. What's the UTW? If the IWC and the YWC were to think, period, let alone think objectively like you do, like I do, they would know that is the reason we get PG-13 wrestling. That is the reason we get watered-down stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I think we would all agree, especially in our forties, thirties, and twenties, the Attitude Era would be awesome if that was both, you know, WWF and AEW or WWE and AEW right here, right now, right? I I want to say for the record that New Japan, that ain't Attitude Era wrestling. That's that's just fucking inmates running the asylum. The next time I watch any clip of anybody speaking English in a New Japan promo, and they're not dropping F-bombs, S-bombs, and every other bombs, it'll be the first time. And it's it's pathetic to me because if that's what you got to do to turn on the IWC, YWC crowd and color me out, count me out, because it, it, I don't care if there's cussing, but when, when, when it's so brutal and so blatant and so unnecessary, it's whatever. But however, Katie Vick aside, birthing a hand aside. The Attitude Era was fun, right? And as a little kid, El Matador and and Repo Man and and the mountie that was fun too, but we grew up. And I would I would almost say they would survive losing children as a market right now, the WWE. Mm -hmm. Because they would win a lot of people back aren't children anymore who won't watch it, right? And those children inevitably will grow up and be like, oh, what's this shit? I remember this guy when I was little. Now he's nuts. And then they would watch it. You know what I mean? It would, eventually they would fill each other out. And Are you talking back,
1: about the, uh, the critical male demographic of the 18 right. to 34-year-olds right.
2: to get right. them back? Right. They would come back because it wouldn't be so PG-13. However, the only way that's going to happen Don't be surprised if this doesn't happen. Actually, I just thought about it as I'm rambling here. McMahon ain't broke. So if this goes the way it's going and they do rule him out, don't be surprised to see Vince McMahon pull an Elon Musk and buy back the other 49%. And then it will go back to being just him. But you still have Fox to answer to. You still have U.S. I don't think the USA Network would give a fuck if it was PG-13, I'm sorry, you know, NTC-17, whatever the fuck the next rating is, are, um, actually, PG-13 is what it was well, in the attitude era. It was
1: th- PG now. T.W., to be fair here, yeah, NBC Universal fair. looks like the company that wants to buy WWE wholeheartedly away from Vince McMahon. So, you know, that's billions and billions. Of, that's, you know, WWE is like the value of the Yankees, the value of the Dallas Cowboys. That's a lot of money for right. Vince but McMahon here's not the to problem. turn down.
2: But here's the problem. The second NBC buys it, it becomes Universal Studios WCW. It's over. That's not Vince man's problem. He took but the no, money. It's, it's our problem. It's our
1: <laughs> problem. We're, well, we you have Hangman Page. WCW. You got Adam Cole. You got AEW
2: as your alternative, your listen, voice. Listen, I said this to somebody on Twitter today. My favorite promotion. Of, it, dude, it might even have knocked UWF off the top. Is NXT 1.0, black mm-hmm. and gold. I loved it. There was a two-year period where I missed nothing. I watched it all, Professor. All of it. Mm -hmm. I watched it all. It's the reason I kept the network. It's the reason I was still a wrestling fan, and I loved it all. And I don't think NXT 2.0 is as far away from NXT 1.0 as it appears. I think they did just such a drastic change at one time that it made it feel like that. But the more I watch NXT 2.0, The more familiar those guys are, the better it is to me as a show. And there are storylines every week. There are. But the problem is, all my guys are gone. You know, I want to get behind Brown Breaker as a Steiner Brothers fan. I want to get behind uh, whoever the hell's the other guy. Like, uh, I love Carmelo Hayes. I love Carmelo Hayes. The problem is, uh, there's so many guys running around. Like, those brothers are... The Creed just brothers. Come, yeah. Just let them dress re- like wrestlers, but, man.
1: They're not ready for prime time. And we
2: had right. this discussion right. when with we Grace did the FCW Waller. show. Put Grayson Waller in some regular ass gear, not these damn fucking vanilla ice pants. And then I like the dude that lost a hair match to whoever he grinds, I think. Uh the British guy that's probably with Indy Hartwell now. Well, we're not doing so NXT. Long. We're doing but we're anyway, doing this. My point is my favorite promotion is NXT. Is now basically AEW, but all of them are lost in the shuffle it's just too much and if the wwe goes the way of wcw bye-bye tommy wonder for wrestling it, it won't be the same for me it will it will be dead okay well you know the funny thing is Reflection
1: Nights, follow us here because again the comparisons is kind of different but the results could be the same now for wcw purposes tw it wasn't about you know it, it wasn't WCW and AOL Time Warner being that synergy partner. They didn't care about WCW. All they right. cared about WCW was getting the ratings and getting, you know, the revenue because of Monday Nitro, because of the WCW Thunder. Here's the problem. The metrics and valuation of the ratings in 2000, which, by the way, Reflection nights, those two shows of Nitro and, and Thunder, those ratings they had beat both Raw NXT and AEW sometimes combined. Right. That's terrible. But, TW, the, the metrics of ratings in 2000 are way different than the metrics of ratings in 2022. I don't want to explain to the reflection nice because it's a very complicated thing. Being myself, I work in the sports industry. Being myself, I work in the television industry. You know, people can... You can make that joke, TW, about the ratings being higher in 2000 than it is now. But again, TW, I... It's some I would have to teach you about ratings and I don't want to do that. It would bore you to death. But it's not the same thing. Because if it was the same thing, Nitro and Thunder would still be on TV right now celebrating a 25-year anniversary. But it didn't. Because they did not have the synergy partner that that NBC Universal, that Fox is to WWE, that Vince McMahon, you know, puts his blood, sweat, and tears behind his baby of the WWE to get to garner. These relationships, these television partnerships that he has all around the world, not only in America, but Canada, Great Britain, uh, China and all this stuff. WCW was on an island of itself. If they fucked up, they were just one kick away from being canceled. And that's what happened in 2001. But TW, look at the look at the way that the that the corporation there kind of like treated them like stepchilds. And then look at look at the politics that happened with it. Bischoff was tr- trucking along, if we will, in 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew the people he wanted to bring. He wanted to turn them global. He wanted to be mainstream. He wanted to be, be crossover. And he did his job. But then something happened again too too many cooks in the, in the kitchen and all this stuff we don't have to, but you know it was the the wrestling politics interfere with the corporation politics you had standards and practices they couldn't do what the WWE was doing with the attitude era the booking was kind of bland so tw what's say i know you was you know doing your saturday sunday loops and again like you said <laughs> you don't watch the product but being a subscriber to the Peacock, I know you've seen a couple of WCW stuff from the 90s, if you will. What say you about, you know, because I, when I was watching Nitro every week, I watched both. I watched Nitro and Raw every week. You know, I was excited about Raw. I was excited about Austin McMahon and all that stuff. But then the, Nit- the, the Nitro stuff, I could watch. I didn't watch it, but there was that 1 a.m. replay on the East Coast, so I kind of watched it. I stayed up till about 3 a.m. didn't bother me because I was young. I can't do that now at 45. I'm too tired. I need to sleep. But neither here nor there. But TW, it was exciting. Either way, even for Nitro, when it was on the downhill slide, I still wanted to see what was going on on Nitro. But you can, you can feel the difference in 99 and then 2000. Of course, Vince Russo tried to take over. He tried to cop. Not copy what he he created, you could say, but he wanted to do shock TV. He wanted to do the reality-based TV. He wanted to do the Springer TV, the Howard Stern, all this stuff, sex and all this stuff. But he had a filter and he couldn't do what he did on the USA Network. What say you about Nitro's? I mean, not Nitro. Uh, WCW's problems of trying to copy the Attitude Era, but all the all
2: the the chains that was on them. I'll be honest with you, I think their undoing was bringing er, 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 Vince Russo in there because all he did, and he had two or three chances to prove it, uh, he always claimed that he was the guy that made that shit happen. He was the guy, but here he is not there in the WWE striving and is floundering, and they bring him in here. This particular episode he you had me watch with Thunder, it, it's so all over the place that you're just like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: wow. Like, Like, for example, the the new blood, had Scott Steiner in there. Why would Scott Steiner in 2000 be the new anything, right? guy's been right. wrestling since 87. Uh, he was in both NWOs, the red and the white. Um, Buck Bagwell is borderline uh, because mm-hmm. he never got to be the man, so he makes sense, Where Scott Steiner was the champion in the NWO. Shane uh, Douglas didn't make sense. Shane Douglas made sense because the feud was with Ric Flair, so he finally – it took a day late and a dollar short, but Shane Douglas was finally getting his chance. Um, but the fucking wall and Vampiro and uh, – which Vampiro, fine, he's younger. It just was such a hodgepodge. And then Billy Kidman, and if you watch him in the ring, Booker T's in earnest Ernest to Cat Miller – he was like 70 when he started. So he's over in the corner. But I know his deal. He was Bishaw's neighbor. That's how he got into business. But nonetheless, it was such a hodgepodge. And then to make it worse, one of the first matches is Harlem Heat. But it's not Booker T. It's it's C.B. Ray. It's Alamed Johnson as Big Tony, I think his name mm-hmm. was. Big and, then this dude, and then this guy Cash, mm-hmm. who looked like Ice Train, just never tried to diet. And all three of them Russell, Sid, and Sid has to beat them to be in this tournament for the U.S. vacant title because they vacated all the belts. I know I'm skipping ahead. And, and he loses because Booker T come in and beat up Harlem Heat, so Sid won. But Booker T's with the guys that hired Harlem Heat to beat up Booker T or to beat
1: up no, Sid. And- t- technically, he was, out, he was out of the Harlem Heat camp, so that's why he had a feud with them.
2: No, no, no. I know that. But he's okay. in the ring with the New Blood. The New mm-hmm. Blood are then backstage hiring Harlem Heat to beat up Sid to stop him from being in this match. They do that. Mm-hmm. Booker T comes out, lays out all three of them. Sid hits Stevie Ray with a powerbomb and wins. And now they're mad at Booker T. And I get it, because he had side business, right? But now Sid's disqualified in a no-disqualification match, Mm -hmm. and he's out. Then later on in the show, you had the exact same thing, Sting versus the fucking conquistadors of WCW.
1: The Vianos.
2: And the third one ends up being Jarrett, but DDP comes out, does exactly what Booker T did in the Sid match, makes Sting pin Jeff Jarrett, so Sting's still in his match. Why wouldn't the same rule have applied it was all Oh, you're talking about logic. No, there's no logic. Yeah, you know that. Right, right. There's none. And and like I said, and then Booker T is getting chastised by, by Eric Bischoff. Um, matter of fact, Eric's chastising Harlem Heat because Big T's sitting in a seat and everything. And it's like, this is horrible. Like it was just bad. And when I hit play, I had high hopes for it. And this was my first time seeing any of this, right? I do remember reading about it, how they vacated all the belts. And here's a question I have for you. When they vacated the belts on Monday night, Sid Vicious was the world champion. Mm-hmm. How the hell did he go from being the world champion on Monday night to on Tuesday night being beaten by the three Harlem Heats to not be in the U.S. tournament of four men? Six, six seven men. How, gee, why don't you just cut the guy? You just literally took the world title of the guy. Didn't even well, put him in the mix for the world title match and put him in the U.S. and then removed him from that and told okay. him he could stay home and watch his pigs mate. I'll answer your
1: question, I'll ask, and I'll answer the Reflectionites question because I know the Reflectionites are like this. Well, I can't – I got to rewind this, Professor. What the hell are y'all talking about? But anyway, <laughs> let me try to, to see if I can abbreviate this for you, T.W. Let's just say Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff were booked to be the powers, the powers that be on TV for WCW. So that was – you know, a brand-new day was dawning in WCW. You, you with me, T.W.? Yes. Give me a thumbs up. That's all I need. Okay, there we go. So now, booking-wise, Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo made a pledge to the New Blood people. Now, I'm not going to name every New Blood member, but you just answer your questions with, why is Scott Stein in New Blood? Why is Martin Buff Bagwell Shane Douglas? The New Blood concept was that these, any of these gentlemen were going to get an opportunity to shine. There was no, you know, there was no hurdles. There was no politics. Everybody was on an even playing field, TW. Make sense? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, you're good. All right, we're good here. So now you need to create an antagonist for the New Blood. For all these guys. And now if I do the the math, the New Blood had about 1,000 people, and the other side had about five people. That that I ain't joking. This was really ridiculous in this war. But six the, six people. Give or take, six, five or six. But the antagonists were called the Millionaires Club. And you can talk about DDP, you could talk about Stay, you could talk about Flair, Hogan, Sid. Sid. They represented that they were the most expensive <laughs> contract in WCW. They took advantage of all the young guys that were in the ring for Bischoff and Russo that they were trying to make amends to. But they wanted to keep their spots. So that was what the the premise of television was supposed to be. How are the Millionaire's Club going to thwart the new blood? Here's the problem, Reflectionites. Technically, you're supposed to cheer for the new blood because you want to see them succeed. You want to see them on the main event
2: plateau, if you will. Right, T.W.? Or you have a different different take. I'm not talking about what you saw. Everything you just described... The new blood should be the faces, and the Millionaire's Club should be the heels, but that's not how it went.
1: That's not how it went. So now you have DDP and Flair. You know, people are cheering for them. Hulk Hogan, for a couple of weeks, did not want to be called Hulk Hogan. He wanted to be called Terry Balea on Nitro and Thunder TV. That's a different story for another day. I never knew that. Yes, he did. So during this whole week, from Nitro to Thunder to Spring Stampede, Vince Russo and Eric Bishop made it eating. All... Bookings before that that nitro reflection nights were null and void. So that meant all the champions that were booked, all the champions, all the plans was kaputs. So Sid had to, you know, bequeath the heavyweight title. Uh Jared had to bequeath the U.S. title. I forgot the, who the tag team champions. I think it was the oh who the hell would? it. It didn't matter. It was Ron and Don Harris. They were the tag team champions. And you get it, you get it, TW. They wanted to create new storylines, new champions, and all this stuff. So here's where The conundrum starts, T.W. You talked about Sid Vicious. You talked about Sting. The Billionaires Club, who supposedly supposed to be bad guys because they got all the advantages for, like, the past five years, were put in predicaments, if you will, T.W., to be in these tournaments. Sting had to fight three guys to be entered into the U.S. title tournament. Sid had to fight three guys to be in the the U.S. title tournament. Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff— gave Jeff Jarrett every advantage in the world to be in the finals to be in the World Heavyweight Title Tournament at Spring Stampede, which he would become the new WCW champion, but we don't need to go there. But, T.W., are you following me here? Does it make sense a little bit? So, T.W., all this diatribe I said, this show, Thunder, which was uh, April 12th, give or take, and the Nitro April 10th, which started it all, was the I guess the word we could call it was the, the worst clusterfuck of a week because it all culminated in Spring Stampede about a week later. So, T.W., what say you? Because you said it. it was Everything was thrown at you for, from Nitro to Thunder. This is four hours of TV time, T.W. It's a four-hour clusterfuck on prime time. So as the viewing consumer, T.W., I think it just turned people off. Like, who am I to focus What storyline am I supposed to, you know, really be invested in? Because, again, for the New Blood, there was a lot of quandaries because you didn't, like I said, there was a thousand people in the New Blood. But then you had to split certain people off the New Blood. You had to have Scott Steiner be kind of away from the New Blood a little bit. You had to have Booker T to be away from the New Blood a little bit because you needed some, you needed some adverse, not adversaries, some allies To the Millionaire's Club, because then the Millionaire's Club could be, you know, sympathized or empathized for. What's
2: the UTW? I'm not. So, first of all, you take the world title off of Sid, and you take the U.S. title off of Jarrett, And then these tournaments, somehow Jarrett's in the world title, and Mm -hmm. Sid is in the U.S. title, and then he's not. And Sting is in it. And then there's a match on this Thunder that is six guys. Six guys are in this match. The and they're away. the six. No, that was a oh. different match. That oh. was a six-man tag match where at this pay-per-view, was going to be those six guys wrestling each other. Then you had another triple threat match of tag teams, which ever tag team won, those mm-hmm. two had to fight each other for the hardcore title, which was Smiley versus Terry Funk, um, where Dustin Rhodes interfered. And then Smiley comes in. This is actually clever. Smiley pinned Terry Funk to win the match. And got him and Terry Funk to be the guys who fight for the belt. But then there's another title, and it must have been the world television title, because the U.S. title already had Sting, supposedly Sid, and five other guys. This match was six guys, and those six guys were going to be fighting, again, must be for the world television title. Do you know who the six guys were? Who? Every one of them were New Blood members. It was two guys started out. Booker T versus The Wall. Booker T beats the shit out of the Wall, like they hate each other. The mm-hmm. next guy out is Ernest the Cat Miller, and he gets oh, those no, two That's for out. the US ti- that was for the US title. Trust me, so, so, because so, Scott Steiner so, so, Scott so Steiner six won guys it. and Sting then. Yeah. Okay. So so then yeah. Ernest Miller's out there and then Scott Steiner comes out next and then Kidman comes out and then finally uh, I don't know who the last guy was, but they were all from the new blood. Mm-hmm. How is the crowd supposed to react to that? All six of them are bad guys. They're not, they don't give a fuck about any of it. And then you get Booker T eliminated so fast that he's your one guy that might have babyface in him because of what he did to help Sting out. And now mm-hmm. they're mad at him. It's, it's, it was just so all over the place, man. It was absolutely stunningly. Not well done. It, it, it brutal. There's no other way to put it. Desperate. Well,
1: let Let's just let's not put a bow on this, but TW. Let's kind of compare because everybody said that Vince Russo's creativity flowed very well in WWE during the Attitude Era, but he had a, he filter. Had a filter. Right. Yeah. They always said he had a filter with Vince McMahon. He had a filter with Pat Patterson. He had a filter with Jerry Briscoe. He had a filter with Jim Ross. Where Vince Russo can go balls to the wall, you know, throw everything on the wall and Vince McMahon and Jim Ross and Pat Patterson will pick out, you know, what's on the wall and mix it in and say, this is what we'll do. And then Vince Russo said, I got all this credit for it. Now, Vince Russo is getting supposedly, he was supposed to have hundred percent of autonomy. That's the word of the day. Uh, reflectionites, boys and girls, he had total autonomy, creative autonomy, and TW, like you said, it was a clusterfuck. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know who to invest with. So, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get, paint
2: a picture for the reflection eyes. Because again, some people just and he did it to Impact Wrestling not long after that. And what? And then he did it to Impact Wrestling not long after that with 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 the network that would let you do all the shit that he supposedly couldn't do in WCW. But it's just, I just think Vince Vince Russo was in the right place at the right time when he was he was the WWE magazine's heel fucking secret writer, or whatever. Uh, he probably Dick you know, Venom. You, Dick Venom. You and I could probably fucking throw some shit at the wall, and something will fucking turn into gold. But the rest of it, without people manipulating it, then mm-hmm. it's not it's not going anywhere. And and again, we might have some ideas that we think are perfect as is, and then all it takes is one tweak to either sink them or swim them. And but for me. You know, I don't have any issues with Russo, I don't, and, and I'm, I'm impressed that the guy, well, now he's not really trying to be in the business anymore, but I'm impressed that he kept trying to go back for more, because his pride probably says, damn it, I gotta prove it was me, and he kept going back and proving it probably wasn't him, or at least him alone, um, right. and, and like I said, I honestly looked forward to watching this, my very first thought was, and I thought about doing this with Raw, and, and or not just Raw, but uh, WCW and WWF, going back to a year and watching nitro thunder nitro thunder nitro thunder pay-per-view you know what i mean just to follow mm-hmm. along and just do it and and see how it makes me feel now right obviously right. there was some wcw wcw worldwide sunday night main event all that kind of stuff that i would miss but they really didn't do too much storyline stuff on those shows they Storyline stuff. There's was was more insane. recaps on those yeah, on the weekends. Right. Saturday night, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I'd have to go really, really back to the, I'd have to start at the Nitro where Scott Hall walks out because mm-hmm. I, that 2000 stuff is, is probably unwatchable. Again,
1: like you look at it from, from a hindsight, TW, I think both sides, I think raw and, and, uh, Nitro and WCW, if you will, even SmackDown some of it, you know, we all were just like, oh, it was a time and a place where you had to watch it. In the 2000s, you know, again, hindsight's 2020 TW or 2020 Deuce, we ain't watching it. It was a little bit hokey. Like you said, this episode of Thunder, this April, you know, again, Nitro Thunder to Spring Stampede was the most clusterfuck week of booking that you could ever see. To me, this is What would you say, T.W., if
2: I say this? This is six months of booking in a span of six days. (laughs) Four hours. And then let's see what happens at the uh, six hours with the pay-per-view, maybe seven. Uh, Yeah, it it was rushed. And you know what they should have done in hindsight? Probably wouldn't work. They probably would have got canceled sooner. They should have done what Ring of Honor said they were doing. They should have said, hey, we're taking a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then come back, the first Nitro is the U.S. tournament. Thunder is the World Tournament. And then you had the finals at the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like, they should have done it sooner. But I know that was basically day one.
1: Right. So th- that's what it is. They they rushed a lot of stuff here. So it is what it is. So let- let's see, T.W. I'm going to try to put a little bit of today with yesterday Because let's talk about Vince McMahon for a second, uh, Reflection Ice. Because he's going through a different set of circumstances but it's still with the corporation TW so you know the corporation for the WWE site TW they're happy with the returns they're getting the billions of dollars in profits so that the bottom line for the investors is okay the PR is miserable the PR is is in the shitter because when you have sexual harassment you have non-disclosure agreements you have well I guess this would be more of a fan issue with you. You have ex WWE wrestlers who are on a W or just on podcast themselves. Talk about the, the, uh, the environment. It, it kills your, your, your will. It kills your pride. TW WWE on the PR side just sucks, but the bottom line works. So what's the, di- besides the differences of 2000 to 2022, the corporation it still has, a lasting influence, if you will, on the WWE side. What say you, T.W. about that?
2: They're handcuffs. There's no ways. There's no two ways about it. But again, as long as they're making money, there, there's no one on that end of it who's going to be unhappy. The only one's going to be unhappy, and I hate to say it, man. I, I hate to use the term millennial, but uh, the the generation of wrestlers now are the ones bitching about their spots, per se. Um, and I get it to a point, but at mm-hmm. the same time, if you're patient, you're like, come on, think, look, think of someone right now who easily could have just folded up shop and left the business, but now he's doing all right for himself. He's, he's kind of cooling off Before a while there. He was going well. Is uh, Gable, Chad Gable comes okay. in hot with that sweet tag team with uh, Kurt Angle's son <laughs> and uh, Jason Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they're on fire, they're, they're great in NXT, they come to the main roster, and unfortunately, Jason Jordan gets hurt. So now you got Gable, who, who many think is a... And again, not to bring up the size again, because he is muscular, but he's another little dude, right? But that's the modern wrestling business, is, there's a lot of little dudes. But as long as there's Brock Lesnar's, and, and at the time, Undertaker's, and Triple H's, and, and Roman Reigns for that matter shorty g is what was born of this and thankfully it didn't last long and now he you know in real life he finishes his degree at full sale there's a kid taking advantage of his life right mm-hmm. this guy's at full sale everyone else feels wasted this dude's finishing up his degree gets a 4.0 um and then they turn it into his reality and him and otis they're pretty good tansy and they're comic relief fine uh but every now and then they can be serious the stuff they do with kevin owens is funny um, but this is a guy who who who, who waited it out, and his, his ship came in, if you will. Um, a wrestling then, career
1: is a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly, not a
2: sprint. Ice. And so you, so so right now, I don't know how anybody. Do you remember Jason Sensation?
1: Yeah, the guy who imitated Owen Hart and and, and many HBK. others. HBK.
2: Do, do you know how he lost his job? Uh, I think he uh
1: was it a tweet? Or no. something? We no. snuck in? He showed
2: up. Oh. He sat at home for two years under contract. They mm-hmm. never booked him. Never booked him. Never booked him. He would talk to guys like, hey, man, I want to get out there. I want to get out there. And they're like, look, dude, you're getting paid to fucking stay home. Enjoy it. Right? And he's not a wrestler. He's an on-air personality, right? He could have been writing skits, whatever. He shows up. And I'm not knocking him for this. He shows up to a raw in Des Moines, Iowa or some shit. Mm-hmm. Some, someone looks at him and goes, what are you doing here? He goes, Hey man, you guys ain't used me in a while. I just want to see if you guys can use, if you can need me a week later, he was released. No one even fucking knew he was being paid. Right? So you have, you have two hands to follow, stay home and take that check or B show up and say, I want more and get released. Now, now if you do that, you're not getting released because you're not going to, uh, But these fuckers go on the internet and complain about their spot, right? But, you know, T-Bar's doing it now. Well, you know what? Look what Mustafa, they finally brought his back. He's jobbing every week now, so now he's going to be bitching because he's jobbing. But he's on TV every week, right? So it's kind of like, as long as they're getting paid, as long as they're bringing in enough ratings, but it's more the revenue than the ratings that they're worried about, and they're bringing in revenue, and they're bringing in uh, the people to the peacock network because it's the only reason i got it i mm-hmm. mean i love peacock content too but i wouldn't have bought the peacock network if it didn't have wwe network with it and it's Me too. with my comcast i pay the extra five and i have commercials but the bottom line is as long as as long as the, the palms are getting greased it's not going to change and that's what the internet wrestling community doesn't understand whereas aew they have to be careful because I'm, I think we're starting to see the honeymoon is over with them and their fans. I see more and more AEW faithful calling them out for shit on Twitter every day now. And I don't know how the fuck I got dragged into Twitter. I know how. They send me a fucking email every day that I read one and go, you motherfucker, and I click on it. So that's how they get me there. But anyways, oh. you know, I, as much shit as I talk about them, uh, I want AEW to succeed more than ever now that three-fourths of the Undisputed Era are there. Uh, and Sting is there. We, we all know he's on my Mount Rushmore. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to see Billy Gunn have a job. I'm happy to see Daniel Bryan. You know, I, you know he's fucking hurt. Look at all these guys go there, and they're all Punk, Cole, and Danielson all came there within three four months of each other. All three of them have injuries now, and that's the shit that these veterans who are shitting on the young guys. That's the stuff they're talking about. Just look at Jeff Hardy. He's been there less time than those guys, and he's already fucking broken. So it's like.
1: He's, broken for, gotta, he's broken for a different reason, though.
2: But, no, he, he, listen, dude, people drink and do drugs for pain. And that mm-hmm. dude's hurting from that spot with Darby Allen, who, by the way, in an interview said he expected that he would get hurt doing that spot and still did it. It's, isn't that insane? Would you, would you purposely do a spot where you know you might get hurt? No. You know you might get hurt's one thing. If you are certain you're getting hurt, would you still do it? Nope.
1: But fuck no, fuck no. But you like you do. said, there's the word you use, and that's the millennial generation of today's wrestlers. So they you have I, they, they judge like their career.
0: For long. No, yeah. but
1: again, for 2020 dudes' purposes, reflection nights. Today's wrestlers judge their match quality. Today's wrestlers judge, you know, the the moves that they do because. I'll be honest with you, Reflection Eyes, and maybe TW. You might not agree with this. I think no. I think TW will agree with this. TW, I guarantee you, there's there's less matches from this generation, and this is not even this is not an AEW knock. This is just a generational thing. I will say this for WWE too or NXT. There's no match right. There's not enough matches to me that will stand the test of time like the matches we've watched and remember. I can, I can still remember Magnum. Even the match you hate, Magnum TA and Tully Blenchard, I quit in a cage. It still stands the test of time. Steamboat Savage stands the test of time. The 100%. only match to, right now, that I will Savage. say Warrior Savage, the only match right now in today's generation that will stand the test of time just happened. And, there, Cody. and for the reason, Cody, Is Cody, there you go. I was going to say yeah. the same thing. Cody said, Absolutely. because of the ambiance and what Cody went through with a f- broken freaking peck, did a five-star
2: classic. Again, That you'd, you'd have to go back as far as Shawn Michaels' Undertaker 2 would be the last time you could say a match was going to last the test of time. Right, Everything so- else since then is just fucking fast food wrestling. It's just right. boom, 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 let's get on to the next match. Like, even this Nitro that we watched, this Thunder that we watched, they add a match to the end of the show. Um, it's, it's clear that they don't fucking do time management well. There's, there's seven minutes to get this match in. So mm-hmm. what is it? It's an absolute spot fest where Bam Bam Bigel looks stupid in the end of it because he gets he, he makes his return or whatever. He turns on DDP, whatever it was, and he has to lose in under seven minutes because you have to get the show off the air and you have to attack DDP before the show ends. And it's like, it's just it's it's
0: a just a shit It's a clusterfuck.
2: And and clusterfuck. you picked the right one. Because I'll I i am willing to bet. And I will watch it tomorrow to be, to to clarify it. I'm willing to bet that that nitro was not worse than this thunder. There's no way.
1: I think I think the nitro was better. I think because right, they right. were introducing all this they're stuff. They
2: pulling the band-aid off.
1: Yeah, they're pulling the band-aid off. So TW, let me let me ask you this question here. TW farted, so just for all the reflection I purposes. Oh. He's taking the time out. But anyway, I will carry on with the show. I will carry on with this show and fly on a solo. This is now a professor's retrospective. But I'll say this. I can still hear you. You can still hear me? Are you taking a yeah. shit? Okay. I'm both. Huh? This is, this is Thunder TV right here. Yeah, this is what it is. So, T.W., while you are in the crapper right now, let me just ask you this question. Because... What worked in the WWE, and especially during the Attitude Era, was the backstage vignettes. I, because Vince McMahon, whether it was live or whether it was pre-taped, Vince McMahon really you know, honed in on the backstage promo. And the wrestlers kind of like being those actors. When Vince Russo came to WCW in October of 1999, he tried to implement it with, a couple, with the WCW wrestlers. And you can tell that some people could get get it. Like Jeff Jarrett, he got it because he was already under that WWE umbrella. But some people just felt uncomfortable with it. TW, do you agree with that assessment? You have a different take. What were they uncomfortable with? The backstage promos and kind of like you know doing more acting, if you will.
2: Right. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. It, it like I was gonna tell you that this thunder starts off with that that in ring promo with like ninety seven members of the new blood, right? Can you mm-hmm. hear me? yeah, I can hear you and and I say this almost every week that that session that little promo where people are handing mics off and everyone's talking that session was another session that gives credence to Vince McMahon wanting scripted promos because people were all over the place, so when you have when you have the Attitude Era, where they're doing the vignettes in the back, everyone that's doing it is good at it, right? They're all good talkers. They're all good promo people, right? Even mm-hmm. the guys who aren't that good, like Taka Mishinuku, remember remember when they turned him heel and he joined the Kai and tai? Yeah, Chappie, they, Chappie, they Pee-Pee. Did, they, exactly. They did stuff like that that was, you know, juvenile, you know, humor, but that's what was on top at the time was, was – you know, basically juvenile delinquents. You know, it's just adults playing the juveniles. And mm-hmm. so you you had people that knew what they were doing. Also, you had people producing it that knew what they were doing. Cameramen that knew what they are doing. That stuff with WCW where Jimmy Hart's chasing everybody around and just going up to any Joe Schmo going, hey, have you seen him? Have you seen him? It just looked unrehearsed, unwritten, and what's the word? Done in haste. They they mm-hmm. hastily done everything. Like nothing. Um, it just shows you again. Biz McMahon's know how preparation to do it. abilities. Yeah, he's, he's he's second to none. And and the second place isn't even close. You know, remember, remember the spin the wheel make the deal vignettes. And you had Jake the Snake Roberts. Take take Jake the Snake Roberts. And that ridiculous shit he did with, with the Ultimate Warrior, where he was taking him to his darker side and all that, and he turned on him. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Even that shit was better produced than the stuff he was doing with Sting with meeting him at saloons in the middle of nowhere, and the, the White Castle of Fear with Vader, and all that. That stuff was so cheesy Hollywood. Yeah, be Hollywood where, dare I say it, it overproduced, right? But not in a good way. And the WWF stuff was live camera. It wasn't film. It was oh, I, so I sit dare I say it. It was almost how how they filmed porn. It just looked real. You know what I mean? Not not overdub, Well, you know, the to
1: stuff. be fi- well, to be fair, you know, at that time, Vivid Video was the uh, the Hollywood porn. You know, so they, they didn't you know put quality in their porn, they put
2: dialogue right, like, in, in their the porn. End. And it, huh? yeah, and no, no, I mean the the visual, like how it looked. Of it, it looked like video camera porn, where, mm-hmm. whereas once oh. Vivid started pr- prettying it up, and it, it looked you know colorful also. and oh. and like just just those WCW things, man. Oh. Bash at the beach.
1: With oh, the I got I got you. Up. I got you. WCW was Gonzo porn, and WWE right. was Vivid porn. I got you.
2: Yes, and absolutely. So the WCW stuff came off like fucking shows, like. Baywatch and you know the syndicated shows where WWF looked like an NBC, ABC, CBS production, you know, like ready right. for prime time, not not hokey. I I get you. Okay. So
1: let's put a bow on this with the uh let, let, let's put a bow on this in a different way, TW, because let's let's talk about the the people that supposedly were gonna like interact with each other, whether it was the New Blood Against Millionaires Club, or all that stuff. All right, T.W.? So bear with me. So Vince Russo was supposed to make Ric Flair's life a living hell. So Vince Russo can't do it physically himself. So who's going to represent Vince Russo? Who's going to represent the new blood but the franchise Shane Douglas? Now, for historical purposes, franchise Shane Douglas actually quit WCW about two months earlier along with the Revolution, T.W. If you remember... Benoit, Malenko, Saturn, Eddie Guerrero, and people did not know this. Franchise Shane Douglas all walked out, but only franchise Shane Douglas came back. So I don't know. I don't know the logistics there. But TW, what say you about you know? Hopefully, like the six month plan, because again, after this week. The, the four-hour clusterfuck and a four-hour pay-per-view. Eight-hour clusterfuck in one week. <laughs> there was supposed to be a plan for Ric Flair. There was supposed to be a plan for Shane Douglas. And there was supposed to be a plan for Vince Russo to all coincide. You saw, like, again, I keep saying this, six months of booking in literally a week's time. They kind of, you know, over overextended themselves. D- do you agree with that? Absolutely. They always do. Of course. So let me give you another example, TW. While you are in the crapper or doing something like very vivid or gonzo, like, but Billy Kidman and Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, had a pro. You could say had a program with each other. Now, long story short, TW. Hulk Hogan said Billy Kidman couldn't draw at a at a flea market. He couldn't right. sell out a flea market. So they try to you know bring reality into this wrestling program but i guess the optics looks kind of weird hulk hogan no matter what is 6'7", 270 pounds and billy kidman is five foot 12 five foot 13 inches and weighs about a eighty. 513 <laughs> op- yeah so does a let me ask you this question does a the optics look good and b is that something that you want to watch on TV or pay your hard-earned money to see
2: at the arena? What say you? Nobody liked Billy Kidman as much as I did, but Billy Kidman deserved, should have, not deserved, that's a terrible thing to say. He was what he, he, he I would have been fine with him as an IC champion in the WWF, the old days, okay. you know, but he's mm-hmm. so small. Whether it's Sid, whether it's Hogan, whether it's Luger, whether it's Sting, it is not believable. It's almost Rey Mysterio versus Kevin Nash, right? And this is what I meant about uh, Adam Cole or Shorty G, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. his name was. As long Jagged. as there's a Brock Lesnar around, unless it's an absolute fluke that he beats Brock, he, no one's going to buy it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's it's not a knock on little guys. It's not a knock, you know, on people that aren't muscular like one of the guys on twitter their examples were like have you ever seen rikishi yokozuna uh king kong bundy uh and he names off all these people and i go hey guess what all of those people are larger than life try Mm -hmm. again you know that's exactly the point of booker t booker t saying in a healthy way if adam cole puts on some weight it's going to be better for him and his longevity and his career and he meant put muscle around his ligaments and joints that are injured right and it wasn't mm-hmm. go out there and look like Lex Luger it was just beef up a little bit for protection and we've talked about this before the only reason Tyson Kidd is alive not just fucking walking the only reason he's alive is because the muscles in his neck were so big that they held his head up when his spine was broken not not a spine but his uh, neck the bones mm-hmm. in his neck right they said if that dude's muscle, and they said Ric Flair had that happen, like the muscle in Ric Flair's neck and shoulders are the, the reason cervical he survived
1: vertebrae that. area, right? That's what you're talking right. about.
2: It's the reason they, they that he survived the plane crash. So it's a fact that muscle around your neck and your shoulders and your arms and your hips and your knees are going to protect them in this line of business or in general, right? Right. So mm-hmm. so. When you got little dudes like that, Kidman's—he's cut, but he's not very. Mu- I mean, I guess he's muscular because he looks muscular, but he's not big. You know what? I, does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like he's like the—he's like the high school quarterback, big, not right—the fucking college linebacker. He's, and, he's the high school quarterback that's all natural with no steroids. And I and I like him, but mm-hmm. add to it, he's short. Right. And so those two things. Even in today, Hogan's almost seventy years old. No one's buying Billy Kidman beating Hulk Hogan in a fight, unless right. it's because Hulk Hogan can no longer walk. And I was going to say this earlier. You know, I can't think of anyone other than him um, as bad. You know, maybe older guys are kind of wrecked now, but our generation only has one dynamite kid, right? Mm-hmm. This generation is going to have about 30 of them because they don't ever fucking think they're going to get older. And all these guys that are, you know, tearing a shoulder here, tearing a hip here, tearing an MCL, ACL here, their future is that of Dynamite Kids because they come back and they take, look at, what's that one chick that's, uh, she got released from NXT. I think she got called up and then she got, uh, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, the one that turned on or got turned on by the chick that just got released. Um, There's too many. No, uh, Dakota Kai turned okay. on her at War Games. That girl. Oh, Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. She tore her one MCL, came back, tore the other one, came back and tore the first one again. It's a wrap for her. That's, mm-hmm. Do you know what that's going to be like when she's older? The pain she's going to be in in her legs? And she's it's gonna, like she got to have replacement surgery on her knees when she right? gets older. So and she's in her 20s. So and now you got these dudes that are, you know, Ric Flair in pain from taking back bumps. But you know why he's, in, he's not in dynamite kid pain? Because the dude was 242 when he was taking these back bumps and he had muscle mm. protected them. So it's more soreness and, you know, repetitious problems. Same thing with right. Hogan and all that. But, you know. Guys, again, I hope I'm wrong. You know, Adam Cole doesn't wrestle very risky. He did in that first War Games where he took the bump. Off the uh, top I, I, get, I get you. I, no, 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 I
1: get you with the health aspect of it. Yeah. But for me, with when it comes to Kidman and Hogan, the optics was not about his health. The optics yeah, was there's no trip way kid against, against, against a big dude. Game. Yeah. That's all it no was.
2: Way. Yeah. And, and, and uh, of this, course, this Hogan, is what I was saying he could put on weight, and he's still five eleven or five right. ten. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he'd have to put on a shit ton of weight for it to look, you know, believable that he would even keep his own in there with Hogan, let alone beat him. And and then another problem
1: with the Hogan against Kidman was, you know, Hogan's job is to get Kidman over, but even he cannot pull out a miracle out of his ass. This is a hard thing to do even for him because Kidman is not even on the level where it's not even in the up, untapped potential it's not even on the level of mid-card to main eventer kidman was always on the lower tier card so that's you're asking him to make you know a stratosphere pu- pu- push. push what say you try right. to be an you're not even elevating
2: him from you're not even elevating him from tv or us title to hogan you're going straight from the cruiserweight title to that right and i will say they did one thing right because uh, being subjective like we are the only conceivable way for him to beat Hulk Hogan is the way he did. He's the heel, and mm-hmm. someone helped him. That's it. But right. one-on-one, he's not. And it's funny you say, you know, we're talking about him because in the promo, where they're all in there fucking just talking about whatever they want to talk about, the crowd chanted Hogan's name, and he said, Don't chant his name. You should be thanking me because I saved you from watching any more of his boring-ass matches. He meant every word of that, Professor. You could see it in his face that mm-hmm. he was like, fuck that guy, which is funny to me because he's of our age and he's probably the reason Billy Kidman is a wrestler. He might, now, he might not be the guy like me and you where I watch because of Hulk Hogan, but I turn into a Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels guy, a uh, Warrior Instinct too. But, you know, when I wrestled, I didn't want to throw somebody to the rope, put a boot to their face and hit him with a leg drop. I wanted to wrestle like Bret and Shawn. So he might have had that happen too, but the hate for Hulk Hogan from younger guys is, is astounding to me. It's, the only thing I can think of for it is is when Indy. they read the books of like a Roddy Piper, or Ric Flair, or Lawler, or, or Warrior, whoever, who all point fingers and blame Hogan mm-hmm. uh, for them not being bigger, right? But the reality is That's they're the politics. all rich because of Hogan, right? You know That's what I mean? If I wrestled on the show that Drew, because the main event was the Professor versus Ray, I would go up to you guys and go, "Thanks for the house, boys. We made some money tonight, and we would all we would all know it was because the main event." Well, is what we're put from a we
1: you know, we're from a generation. Hogan's from this generation. Ric Flair's from this generation. Is a team aspect, right? From the bottom to the main event, we all did it, and that's the, you know, we all rallied together. It was a team. You know,
2: it was a franchise a team
1: effort. Was a team effort. That's what it was. But now today, everybody, male or female, it's about my spot. It's about my push. It's about my TV time. It's about my wins. Not about my losses. My wins. How I look, how the right. momentum My title wins. Don't forget that. that. That too. So let's close it out with one more example of this New Blood Millionaires Club because it kind of circled, they circle jerked each other with this in terms of trying to do a mainstream crossover. And that is Jeff Jarrett representing New Blood and, of course, representing the Millionaire's Club was DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. Now, remember, TW, during this time, there was the premiere of the Ready to Rumble. We did a spotlight or PWR at the movies about the uh, Ready to Rumble. But they were trying to, you know, in, insert, if you will, the the the, the crossover mainstream MTV uh, publicity of Ready to Rumble uh, bookings. And then, of course, at this thunder was David Arquette sitting front row. So, you know, they tried to merge everything together. And, of course, Vince Russo said, well, why not? I want want this to be on the cover of USA Today. I want this to be on the cover of Variety. I want this to be on the cover of the the Daily News and the, the Chicago Tribune. I want this to get worldwide press. TW, the question is hindsight. You know... In 1984, Hogan and Piper, the war to settle the score, that's crossover. And then you add Mr. T and all that infusion. But Hogan and Piper were legit main event bad guy, main event good guy. It worked. I'm not knocking both of these guys. Jeff Jarrett was on the precipice of being a main eventer. He just wasn't there yet, but I understood it. DDP was already a 2 time two time WCW heavyweight champion. So technically he was a WCW main eventer. But to me this I understood the uh the mission statement of Vince Russo if you will. But were these the two guys you wanted to represent the crossover mainstream angle? Let's say you, and then we'll close
2: this out. I would say DDP I don't I don't want to be Hogan again because then that's going to the well one too many times. You might have if you're, to go. If, ahead. if you're real, well, well, fuck, I got a better one for you then. Um, if you're going to use a DDP, if you're going to use a Jarrett, then you have to, the other one has to be a fucking star, you know? Like, so if it's going to be DDP, the other guy has to be Hogan or flair. If it's going to be Jarrett, the other guy has to be Sting or Hogan is a good guy. You, you have to do it where one of the guys, people look at their TV and go, I know who the fuck that is. So really, the one they should have went with, especially if it's one last fucking hurrah and one last ditch effort, is Hogan Flair or Sting Flair is -hmm. what they should have went for. Because Sting Flair is the one that brought him there in 87. Hogan Sting got him there in 97. Hogan Flair was never done properly by anybody. Um and I think Flair looked particularly good in this episode as far as like condition and everything. It's weird that he wrestled in a suit, but uh it was a storyline purpose. He was street fighting because he was he wasn't wrestling, he was fighting for his job. Right. And so I got all that. But the but at the end of the day, yeah. Most people aren't gonna look at their TV and see DDP and go Jeff Jarrett and go, Fucking Holly Ali, Ali Frazier. You know, they're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna go Hearns head. But they're
1: they're, they're, they're good wrestlers, they're good hands, they you know,
2: they offer a lot to the business. But people who already watch know them. If you're trying to get new eyeballs on there, you need it to be Hogan's picture, Sting's picture, or flair. It has to be.
1: And the funny thing that you said that with the Hogan references, two years ago, Bischoff used Hogan and DDP to get the crossover with Tonight Show and Jay Leno. Hogan and DDP used the NBA influx of Dennis Rodman and Karl Malone for the worldwide mainstream. But like you said, they needed Hogan. They might have known DDP just a little bit for crossover. So I guess the, 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 to me, Miss Russo's thinking was DDPs are because of what Hogan did for DDP. DDP is going to do the favor for Jeff Jarrett to be that mainstream. But I don't think even in my humble opinion, DDP was even at that level for that crossover. That's what I was trying to say. And,
2: and he was just coming back from that injury. Yeah, that too. So he wasn't even there for, for a minute. So it's, Yeah, I I think, honestly, this is armchair quarterbacking. This is fucking hindsight 2020. Mm -hmm. I think the last run should have been Hogan being the baby face because, again, you put his face on the TV. Maybe even Hogan said. That's what they did with this new blood thing. He was Terry Belair for a reason. No, 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 I understand. No, you can't call him that if you're trying to get fucking old people back in. But what I'm saying is don't make him the bad guy. I, I know they made him the good guy. But you're saying the build-up was DDP, Jared, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, like, Hogan, Sid was never even done properly, right? So, so I think the people who haven't watched wrestling in a long time came back the first time. They're like, wow, Hogan is a bad guy? They were young enough to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now they're old enough. They're like the nostalgia. Look how well it did at WWF. That dude wrestled The Rock, came out the next night in the red and yellow. It was over. Mm-hmm. It was so over, and he lasted what another couple of years. Even okay. did the red one, the Patriot fucking gimmick, or whatever the fuck he was calling himself. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I think as 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 Bishop. But here's the problem: I think Bishop was smart enough to know that. I don't think Russo was. Or maybe Bischoff was like, hey, let's do young guys out there. Well, that's not going to put new eyes on a product if nobody knows who the hell those two guys are.
1: In Bischoff's defense, this is what he said in his podcast, Reflection Nights. He said he did not have that total autonomy. He was just there as more of a consultant, but he didn't feel like he had the power, if if you will, at 2000. He was on
2: on camera. He was
1: just, he was getting a paycheck. That's all it was. He was, maybe he was phoning it in, as you would say. And with that being said, TW. I guess, again, do you want to reiterate the clusterfuck, and then we'll get out of here?
2: It it was, and it had... Well, how do you feel about their roster? Because, like, this one episode, right, I could literally pick ten guys, just off the top of my head right now, that I would have not had on my roster.
0: Damn. Be, be
2: Be it because of how... They were booked? Uh, out of shape they were. Oh. Um, how way past their prime they were. Oh, you're, how, you're talking about Brian Knobs I can could, I could tell you're already saying that. Nobbs is out of there, but the first one would be the wall. Like, imagine the WWF had But he's guy. the young, that he's guy, the new blood. That's new blood there. But imagine he's there in WWF. The WWF, Giant Gonzalez aside, would have mm-hmm. had a look for that guy. That would have made you and me afraid for our heroes. He oh, looks like he fucking just with security at catering and he comes out, right? And he looks old. It's not like he looks young. Mm -hmm. So he would be gone. For sure Ahmed Johnson would be gone. I don't know who that fucking other guy with him was gone. Stevie Ray's a shell of him for himself. Um Uh who's Terry Funk shouldn't have been there. Um
1: they were hanging on he
2: was hanging on too, so you know. The wall, Knobs, all three of Harlem heat Dustin? Uh, Dustin looked weird. Uh, I would at least repackage him so he wouldn't have been on TV yet. Um, I wouldn't have had the cat and one uh, other guy, the, probably the wall. I would have had the cat on my show. I would have had Smiley on my show. I like both of those guys. Um, but um, Bam Bam Bigelow, out of here. If you if you got a wrestle in your gear with a T-shirt on, bye-bye. You're um, close to 10. I can see that. Yeah, so I mean, there's probably a couple more guys in that six-man thing. Uh, uh fucking David Flair was at ringside. He mm. fucking never brought nothing to the table. Um, and then P- Prince Ikea, I think he was the artist formerly known as Prince. Mm-hmm. Get him out of there. Candido looked out of place, but he at least looked good. Um, let me just s- say this: while you're
1: you thinking of your roster, I get I get where you're going with this, but. In the defense of Russo and in, in the defense of this new blood, this is what they were. Vince Russo was was given the task of getting these guys within the new blood, whoever they were, whether it's Prince Ikea, Lash LaRue, uh, whatever the guy, like even Lash Booker T getting a, a, a reigni- to reignite his career into the main event, to get these young guys the plateau of main eventers because they had these young guys. They had the Jerichos, they had the Guerreros, they had the Saturn's. They had the Benoit's, but they never gave them the chance because of the supposed Millionaires Club above them to do, you know, to, to earn the money and, to, you know, to earn the house, what, what, let's say, you know, and all that stuff. So with that being said, TW, we close on this episodic episode, even though we didn't really talk about WCW Thunder, but the word of the day, Reflection Knights, Clusterfuck. If you want to watch it, go ahead, but watch it. Very, very focused. Be focused. Do not watch hey. anything. Do not look on your social media. Do not look on your Twitter. You will miss something. That's a guarantee. Right? So
2: I watched oh. it so you don't have to.
1: Dave, thank you very much. You you did a service for the reflection nights, mm-hmm. the magnificent seven, and TW give out those socials so we can get out of hell.
2: All righty, the PWC Network at Podbean.com for the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network. Uh, our show is PW Reflection um, at Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, can't do it without Big Ray. He's already made the thumbnail for this episode. Um, then you got the big veto brand at patreon.com slash big veto brand. Uh, and then you have me at Tommy Wonder19 is my one Twitter. Uh, at the Tommy Wonder is my other Twitter, also my TikTok. Facebook.com/backslash Tommy Wonder Snapchat is number Wonder, and then he has been found. Just he disconnected his his Facebook. So if you miss JB, hit him up at the P1JB on the Twitter, and hopefully he didn't delete that.
1: I, I don't know if he did either, so I have to check that too because I sometimes lose followers. So maybe maybe uh, JB uh, deleted the Twitter too. So we'll we'll find out. You and I will find out on that one. But you can follow me on my Twitter. It hasn't been uh it hasn't been deleted yet. Maybe uh, maybe Elon well Elon Musk has bought it. It's been it's now official. Elon Musk has bought the Twitter. Lock stock and barrel. It's on him. You can follow me at PWSO That's PWSO Prof. And of course, you hopefully this episode will be video. I did some funny shit on the videos, uh, Reflection I so look look out for it if it comes on the YouTubes, on the PWSO networks. But follow my brothers in arms, the PWLson brothers, Billy Ray Valentine, Mr. Infinite Prince himself. He's got the documents at Ob1, you know me, and the king of the reactions, Eight Track Brown at Eight Track dastly What are we gonna do next week, TW? I don't know. We might go <laughs> episodic. We might do robberies. We might go boobies, or we might do a spotlight. But I'll keep you on your toes, T.W., and I will keep you on your toes to the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten, and the Essential Eleven. And with that being said, I'm the glorious professor, and that's Dr. Frankenstein himself, Mr. Wonderful Tommy Wonder, saying good night, and we will see you next time here at the PWR Podcast at the PWso Networks at PowerBeam.com. Peace! Boom, baby. Petty Bay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.